0: I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive wind is expensive. I got expensive. I've been reading out of walk. Now been shutting out of stars. Yes, when it rain and a brush.
1: Yeah, and I'm ready for
0: some more.
1: Yeah, now I'm reading out of work. Hey Kevin, <laughs> welcome to uh welcome to the show. I'm pulling up the comments over here. You know, this is a live yeah. show, right? We are live, live
2: Wednesday at one PM Eastern yeah. Standard Time every week.
1: I've got, uh, I've got the YouTube over here. I've got the, the LinkedIn coming up. Where's the link? Where's the live link for LinkedIn? Here it is. Yeah, I, I have. Right. I, I pulled it up. Perfect. Perfect. We have
2: too many electronic devices in this. Booth we do, right now. we
1: do. It's a hazard. Here we go. But we see you. We see you guys right there. <laughs> so this show is called "Put That Coffee Down," and we're going to talk about cold calling today. The psychology of cold calling. Thank you to all of you who filled out our survey that we sent yes. out. The infographic will be out tomorrow, so you'll get that, but we'll also break down the results for you today.
2: You know, we had from your post and my post out on LinkedIn, and I think maybe you threw it out on Twitter too, we yeah. had close to 100 responses from that alone. Nice. I know, that's, that's really nice. Nice. So, so
1: each, so at least 1% for each vote that someone puts in, right? That's so, exactly right. So I, that's statistically sound. I, it is, <laughs> it is, especially for a salesperson. Now, I have a question for you before we get into cold calls. I'm watching Mick Millions. It's on HBO. It's a docu-series about Monopoly.
2: I've heard about that, yes.
1: Okay, so, and you remember the Monopoly game growing up, right? Uh, of course. I remember it fondly. I never won anything more than, like, French fries or a hamburger.
2: I, uh, yeah, no, I, I didn't either, but, <laughs> you know, you always got, it's almost like pre-lottery tickets. Well, it turns out, Kevin,
1: that this game was rigged by the mafia. <laughs> I'm not even I, kidding. I know, I know, right. All of the winners were, like, pre-picked, and then the mafia would come, so you're like, oh, great, I'm going to be a millionaire. So then the mafia would come and they would shake people down and you know you'd have to give them half your winnings but then the rest would go to taxes so you'd end up with like you know like ten thousand dollars out of a million and if you didn't do anything you'd end up with uh, with uh, you know, concrete sneakers yeah concrete sneakers a couple broken legs maybe but I, uh, I bring it up because yeah. I, I was how do you take your coffee how do I take
2: my coffee I, with milk okay no sugar just milk
1: I go black just full black and I okay. trained myself I used to do the milk but I trained myself to like it because one time I didn't have milk and I didn't I want awful I didn't want a crutch. So someone on this show, though, they ordered 10 creams and five equals in a medium coffee. And I thought that was absolutely <laughs> repugnant. So my question to you, you guys out there, my first question is, what? how do you take your coffee? And would you is that as abominable as it sounds? How many five creams? No, 10 creams Ten cream and five equals in a medium coffee. We'll just drink a chocolate milk. That's right, I mean, it's, it's, that, that is disgusting. <laughs> All right, guys, the phone lines are open to 423 710 9777. Like we said, too, we're also monitoring these call in feeds. And we also, should we do the, should we give the book away first? Yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's do that. Do that. Right. Okay.
2: So last week, where's the camera? Here? Right here. Made to stick. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So so basically, made to stick, and we had a raffle drawing. We had a, a lot of concessions who, who put their names in the hat. Yeah. Uh, we didn't really draw it out of a hat, but we we did a random a random number pick, and Patty Hina-Hosa mm. won the book, Made to Stick. So, wow. Patty, I, I'll text you after the show, but uh, DM me, I, I'll get your address, and I will mail you Made to Stick, and it's all <laughs> about how to get your message across and make it sticky. Great, but wait, there's more. There, wait, there is more. <laughs> So here, I read this about three or four years ago. I read about once a year. I think um, I probably read it by the time I mail it out, so it'll be a used book. Yeah. Um, But it's a nice short book here. But it's how to get your point across in 30 seconds or less. All right. So why is TV or radio advertising, why are they they sold in 30-second spots?
1: Because we have no attention
2: span. You're exactly and right. it costs more money to go a minute. It really does. <laughs> it really does. So basically, and, and this is all about writing and speaking as well, but it changed the way I wrote, especially I wrote sells emails and and really any kind of correspondence mm-hmm. is 120 words or less
1: 120 words
2: if less. i can't do it in 120 words or less i just leave things out get
1: the f- out. Get it yeah. out yes right. so if you guys want the book you know how you know what you got to do you yeah. got to leave a comment in the feed over here say just enter me for the book so you can leave it on youtube you can leave it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can leave it on the uh, the LinkedIn feed, or you can tweet yeah. at Timothy Dooner. You can you can make a comment uh, to Kevin Hill on LinkedIn yeah, or yeah. myself. So
2: yeah. DM or a comment on any of our posts. Yeah, just say I, I want to be in the raffle and uh, and we'll, and we'll, you. we'll interview you. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, now how we start every show is with a quote, and the interesting thing here is we're each going to do a quote, and it's I think it's from the same speech. It's right, just the same same monologue. Okay, so this one is. See those little black boxes? They're called telephones. I'm going to let you in on a little secret about these telephones. They're not going to dial themselves, okay? Without you, they're just worthless hunks of plastic. Like a loaded M16 without a trained marine to pull the trigger. In the case of the telephone, it's up to each and every one of you, my highly trained stratonites, my killers. My killers who will take no for an answer. My warriors who will not hang up the phone until their client either buys or dies.
2: So you listen to me, and you listen to me well. Are you behind on your credit card bills? Good. Pick up the phone. Is your landlord ready to evict you? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. Does your girlfriend think you're a loser? Good. Pick up the phone and start dialing. I want you to deal with your problems by
1: getting rich. Wow. And uh, Jamin says abhorrent. He He likes that word, and he wants to be put into the raffle. You got it, Jamin. All right. So, headline topic: psychology of cold calling. We we talked to you about it at the beginning. What is it about cold calling? People just people just hate dialing that number, right? Because they I know. think that uh, maybe uh, that's going to happen, right? Just gonna slam! I know that damn they're going to slam. Do we have a cash register thing? But no, that's what
2: it really means. Yes. Every time you pick up the phone, you can hear the ding, ding, ding of oh. the cash register
1: open. I thought you were saying of the person just slamming. the phone Oh no, phone down. no,
2: the, the cash register, money coming
1: in. Yeah, because so that's okay. what happens. <laughs> Now, you've been in sales, I've been in sales, uh, you're hard-pressed to find someone who actually will admit that they like cold calling, right? And or very, hard to,
2: very hard to, to, to find the people who, uh, who, who really literally enjoy getting up every day and making 100 dials or 50 dials and going through uh, the, the, the mess of cold calling. And if you do, they're, they're probably a little bit
1: deranged. Yeah, probably. Probably yeah. like just kind of sociopathic. They like bothering uh, yes. people. They like interrupting and disturbing people. That
2: uh, they do. They like to uh, pressure people. They they like to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they're
2: they're sociopaths. Probably they're, yes. I
1: think they're the people who like when you're on the the, the close talkers of, of the world yes. like <laughs> to like to cold call. They do. Yes. You
2: know they're the people who just uh, like to talk. In so, way cold calling maybe. But it's an essential, fundamental building block of filling your pipeline generating leads yeah. and making dollars.
1: How did you get over it? How did you get over start dialing? Did you did you use any techniques? What were your concerns at first?
2: So basically uh, concerns at first is is what we found in the survey, especially is a fear of everything. Yeah. Uh, a fear of interrupting someone, a fear of the awkwardness of the first 5 seconds of a phone call, which we'll talk about quite a bit t- today. Uh, it was uh, every fear that you could ever imagine was, was my stumbling blocks. And it really is every morning that I would have to head to cold call. But you, you, just, you just learn to push it out of your mind. And with blocking time, that's what I used to always try to do is block time to where I get in a groove. And, you know, basically I wouldn't be able to think about anything else except making dials and just get into like a little gamification uh, uh, spread with myself. To where it's just a contest of how many times I, I I can hit the dial because I know the more no's you have, the, the closer you get to a yes. Yeah. and the yeses are out there, even if you're not a very good cold caller. The yeses are still out there. You just have to, uh, to 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 make a few more calls than 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 someone who's really good at it.
1: I was terrible at first, and I was one of those people who uh, I was actually at Affleck of all places. But I would go. Uh, they'd give you a script when you started out, and yes. they're like, "Read this script." And the problem was, the script was was long, right? But it's mm-hmm. also one of the reasons I never use a script when I'm interviewing people or doing shows. I just do talking points or bullet points because if you're reading a script, you're not listening to what the other person's saying. You're just trying to get to the next sentence.
2: You, you are, and it goes back to um, no plan meets contact with the enemy, right? No script meets contact with the, the, the person on the other line, the prospect, because they're going to say something. You're going to have all these objections written out and they're going come to come with you with something from left field. And you have no idea how to respond to it because you're stuck in the script, um, but it's good to have bullet points. Yeah. You know? And the more calls you make, the more objections you, 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 you become accustomed with, and you can just naturally off the fly take those out or maybe position yourself, or whatever your strategy is. There's enough strategies to go around.
1: Andrew Morano, he said straight black coffee. Gotta kickstart this hellhole of life. (laughs) Oh, man. And he says on a happy note, though, enter me for the book. Well, maybe it'll make your life... Less of a hello, you know. He yes. brings a good thing though. I, sales can be very psychologically damaging, and that's why we're talking about the psychology of cold calling. Because cold calling isn't so much about you versus the person on the other end of the line. It's it's kind of like in, in storytelling. It's an internal battle. It's man versus man, right? It's you versus it yourself. And it your reminds own fears. me of
2: baseball, right? So so basically, a uh, hall of fame hitters get hits three out of ten times. So they're going to fail most of the time. And basically, you have the the pitchers out there who are your prospects, maybe who are throwing, you know, different velocities, you know, they're throwing curveballs at you, sliders at you. They might throw a 99-mile-an-hour fastball at you and come back out with an 80-mile-an-hour change, and you Mm -hmm. just have to continuously adjust it. And, you know, as soon as you get on the phones, especially even if if you're an experienced cold caller, you're selling something else, you have to— you get into those situations where— you know, when you first start doing anything, everything's coming at you at light speed, yeah, and it's hard to to get your bearings and relax, uh, and, and 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 basically just uh, reflect or react to everything. But you know, the more you do it, the the more everything just slows down, and you can see what's going to happen before it happens. But that just takes a lot of dials a lot of work, no matter what you do, right? It's just a fact of life.
1: You know, Keith Strickland, he writes on YouTube, I am the person that sometimes he likes making cold calls and speaking with other people. Thanks for sharing. He also wants to be in the raffle. Um, And again, you know, he he says he likes speaking with other people. One of the things that made me a better cold caller was was doing improv, of all things. At Mm -hmm. the Improv Asylum in Boston, I took lessons there for a couple years. And it made it so, you talk about blocking out that time. For me, it was like, okay, I have to, I'm not, I'm not her. I am a different character making these cold calls, and that person can be psychologically damaged by that. I can disassociate a little can, bit of, yeah. from the process. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of like, okay, I'm also sharpening my improv skills and I'm getting information from people. But the thing that helped me the most, the trait that helped me the most was to stop thinking like a salesperson. Stop, stop being desperate. Yes. Stop trying to, try to lead with buy my freight, do this. And instead thinking more, What's the person saying and what problem can I solve? What problem do they have? And that takes some empathy and that takes perspective because when you're selling to people, there's two different types, right? There's the guy who owns the business or the CFO who actually cares if the product saves them money or they can save money on the freight. Then there's the guy who just wants to see why mm-hmm. and you got to figure out who you're talking to. Are you talking to the guy who wants to save money? Are you talking to the guy who just wants to cover his own ass? Yeah, you know, that,
2: that that helped me too as well, right? When, when you get over this this fact that you're calling someone to close them the, the, the first time around, if you just remove that from the equation and you just want to learn about that person, you want to learn about how they think, how, just gathering intelligence yeah. for future calls. And that might be uh, a day later. It could be something that comes up uh, a month later, but really just establishing a relationship. And that's it. Not not even really trying to sell them on the first call, just trying to develop that relationship, get a little bit of intelligence, uh, you know, follow up with the hook. The hook is always good to have. Yeah. And then you can follow up, you know, along their their interests or or what they're posting on social media. You find out a little bit about them. And whenever something comes across your desk that might be of interest, you know, you just feed them content.
1: Speaking of social media, we've reached out to... To the network of people who've been very engaged with this, the put the coffee down audience, yeah. and we asked them, and you did especially in a very successful post saying, what are the top two or three traits of the best cold callers you've ever known? I picked out some of my highlights. Let's uh, go. Well, Patty, the winner, she was yeah. the first one I pulled out. She said, in my experience, those that time block, you mentioned that yeah. one already. And are consistent and persistent make it happen. And I think that she means by that that they block the time and they it's like going to the gym. They get that they create that muscle memory.
2: It, it is, and, and the great thing about blocking time and just doing cold calls for an hour a day, right? You can probably do forty or fifty in that hour, and basically you get in a groove where it becomes easier and easier and easier. But if you if you do a cold call and you follow up with an email and then you do something else, it seems like you have to slack yourself up. Again and, again and again and again and again and and, and basically you can find eight hundred thousand things to do rather than make kill calls especially in freight right because there's always a fire there's always an exception there's always something that you need to do that's more important than prospecting uh or at least you can find that excuse uh so blocking out time is is very critical but i always found you know as soon as i got into a groove things just got easier
1: now, this is a you know, really easier. This is a really simple and obvious concept. Stephen King as a writer. will say, well, how do you write? So many? how are you so prolific of writing? He goes, well, I just set aside an hour every single day to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you become a better podcaster? I do it for an hour. I do anything for an hour a day and you're going to get better at it. You and are. It's sort of like dieting, going to the gym. We know yeah. these things. Why? So psychologically, why are we so resistant sometimes to doing the work? That's a very good question. I I don't know the answer to it, but
2: I I think it's just we just want to avoid the anxiety and the fear that comes along with calling complete strangers or people that maybe not complete strangers, but people that we're trying to sell and getting rejected. I, I think it's just that that fear. But if you just block that out with blocking out time. Uh, things just become so much easier.
1: That persistence will also desensitize you because your body will become used to that. You'll become used to the rejection. You'll <laughs> yes, accept yeah. the rejection and once you accept that you're going to get rejected. Because people always say envision like sometimes you want to envision the best cold call you'll ever have, and that's fine. But like, mm-hmm. just be careful not to have your own bubble burst because it's it's a numbers game. It's a low numbers game. You're gonna you mentioned baseball. You're gonna do worse than the guy at the plate. You know, you, most a lot of people are gonna hang up on you. Especially in this day and age, people just get annoyed.
2: Yeah, you know, I and basically whenever I went out and started my own company, I had to cold call because I didn't have any other resources, and, and basically I just had to 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 make sales. It was uh, sell sell or die. And you know, after the few, you know, I'd say half a dozen to a dozen people who laughed at me during yeah. my pitch because it was something new, it was something that was hard to explain. Uh, you get a really thick skin, you know, how and, s- and it really doesn't bother you anymore. You know, what's what's the worst you can do? Laugh at me. I,
1: you know how hey, Sam Sam Hunter psychs himself up. Sam Hunter, uh, solution yeah. specialist at Old Dominion Freight Line, he's putting us on hold right now for a few to go do a door knock cold call. So, oh, one yeah. way to psych yeah. yourself up before the cold call is uh, is listen to put that coffee down.
2: You know, and I tell you what, I would rather do cold calls any day of the week than cold door knocks. Yeah, that is one of the things I really, I I, I I've never been able to do it. And uh, have you done it? Yes, I have
1: uh, yeah. it, it's an interesting uh, uh, gambit. Uh yeah. What I notice is a lot of places don't have like they don't have a secretary or someone at the front desk anymore. They they literally just have like a telephone mm-hmm. and a directory. And what I used to do is I would take a picture of the directory and then I would start doing my LinkedIn research on the directory to see who it might be that I want to call on. But a lot of times like if it was that I don't know when it was when there was that much of a fortress around it, I would kind of like chicken out and get a little nervous yeah, and that be that like I- I'm just going to use this as an information gathering trip. I'm going to go down the street and see if they were there. But yeah, I used to have to, we had to, we were KPI to do X amount of telephone cold calls and we had to do X amount of, even if you didn't have an appointment, you had to go out on the road and you had to do, and we'll do a show on territory planning and the salesman's equation and all that Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. But you had to go out and you had to just walk into offices and- Smooth talk your way. Uh, through Yeah, the door. so so basically, we'd
2: get an appointment somewhere uh, in in building A or company A, and then hit, hit the block. Yeah, the old the, anchor, it, right? The, the anchor. Yeah, and I, I hated that. Yeah. I, I'd rather be, I'd rather call people. And cold call any day of the week Yeah Then go
1: door to door I guarantee you most salespeople Procrastinate the hell out of that part of the job too yeah. Sales that out there Your guys are like They're walking around the building They're whistling yeah, yeah. They're bouncing a ball They're texting their friends They're listening to put that coffee down <laughs> They're doing just about anything they can to Because like It's one thing to have a phone hung up on you It's it's another to be like Did you see the no soliciting sign Get the hell yeah, out of the yeah. door <laughs> You really have to You have to put on the thick skin for that You gotta put on the armor You do, yes you do. And I, I have had people tell me that, too.
2: Did you see the no soliciting sign? Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. all right.
1: What, what, do you, trying to sell anything? what are you going to arrest me? <laughs> uh, Jamin Alvarez, he writes, great topic. Uh, those that love the process, call without expectations. Curious approach versus that closer approach. Mm-hmm. So, like I talked yeah. about how I got a little bit better. Instead of trying to close on this discovery phone call, be curious and find out what their problem mm-hmm. is and be an actual problem solver. He said the final ingredient is what Patty had said, consistency. That's that's life, right? Consistency. The, the the people
2: who do things consistently, day in day out, are the most successful.
1: And uh, surprise, surprise, David Streltsov, <laughs> <Stroll thought. laughs> Yeah. he's senior vice president, U.S. Capital Global. Yeah, he says this. I value consistent and persistent individuals, but also a key trait is being able to think on the spot. That improv, right? I, I tell you
2: what, I know David, and he is one hell of a cold caller.
1: Yeah, he really is. He said set scripts are great baselines, but calls never go linearly. So I think he's he's kind of throwing a little shade at scripts, which I agree with. Yeah. I think what a script is good for is in simulation. So if you want to practice, you want you, them to understand sort of you're a new sales rep. A lot of yeah. pe- times people are hired out of college. They're working in a very abstract business like 3PL Freight. They don't know what prepaid collect. They don't know what Incoterms are. They don't know what, what a lot of these different things are. So the script can kind of give them an well, idea. training wheels,
2: right? Yeah. It's training wheels for, for new reps or if you're selling new products, but you adapt that to your own style. And basically, you know, when you're cold calling, you're doing your own script. Because yeah. you're going to come out with the same type of, of formula for the first five seconds and then... You're going to have the same, you know, question and answer. You're going to have the same qualifying questions, basically. You might reorder them or, you know, it's, it's kind of improv, but you're saying the same things over and over and over again. And, and you better because you can't really think on the fly that well to come up with unique responses for sure. every person on the phone. They're the same responses, but you um, you can juggle everything around in your head and and, you know, play it that way.
1: Justin Smith. Vice President of Sales at Concept International Transportation. I'm I'm seeing a trend here, Kevin. He said consistency to keep trying is a big one. The other thing he said, a newer one here, is the optimism to maintain the right mindset. So uh, I feel like it's all about the mindset. Yeah, it really is. Even though you might not be successful, don't take yourself as a failure because understand it's part of the process. It is. I mean, basically, if you make 100
2: dials a day and you get one client, you know, you're going to lose 99 times of the day. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? If you if you actually did get one new client every single day, you're probably gonna be the 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 maybe one of the top two, three, top twenty percent of salespeople.
1: See, here's a sociopath, Matt Beach, maybe <laughs> <BB> himself <laughs> at Seat My Trucks. He said, I need to get a shirt made. Take me off your list for all of us cold callers. And he says, Hashtag he loves cold calling. Like, you know, what I guess I, I guess you the, know? I like the first meeting, like when you actually go I like actually going on the date more so than setting the
2: date. Well of, of course, everyone likes that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's 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 a great feeling though. Whenever yeah. you set that date and you go, and you have a great meeting, <laughs> yeah. right? And then you know you have your trials and tribulations after that. You know you might get ghosted, yeah. Uh, though there's other things that can that you know that we'll get into in, in further episodes, yeah. Uh, you know after the presentation, but it's it's really <laughs> great. I mean, I, I most of my great deals have come from a cold call or a cold email,
1: yeah. Well, it's like it's like yeah. so if we were to t- sometimes we tie this into dating to, to make it make more <laughs> yeah. sense to people. But I guess like, you know, the, the cold call of life would be uh, would be, you know, calling up one of those dating lines or, or just going to a bar without knowing who's going to be there. And then like yeah. the warm leads, I guess, would be something like Tinder.
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. You, you warm them up through through Tinder. But yeah. if you go to a bar and just start hitting on every girl in there. Yeah. and I've had some friends who You're gonna are going to have really more of that. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's just a numbers game.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of <So> course they get, <laughs> get turned down for, for four hours. I know you. Yeah. You, you do get a small town like Chattanooga. People would be like, hmm, yeah, got, yeah all right. Got. Grace Sharkey, she's uh, she says her top three traits for her would be. An ability to empathize. Mm-hmm. Great When We talked about that. That and that can be said in a lot of ways, but one of them is just understanding who you're talking to, what position they're coming from, anticipating what problem they may have, and that, that just takes understanding of the business, and you'll gain that yes. over time. You'll be like, okay, this guy's the warehouse manager. He values having the truck on his dock at time. He doesn't want boxes sitting there. You figure out how people are KPI'd. You can start to speak to their needs a little bit more. Yeah,
2: and that's what you need to know before you even start speaking about what you do or what you
1: can offer is find out what they care about. This will happen in SaaS sometimes or or TMS sales. People will come in and they'll go to the wrong guy. They'll go to the guy, oh, we will will optimize your freight for you and you will need 30% less trucks and you'll save X amount of money. Now, think about this. If you are the warehouse manager and you've been booking all that freight and doing it yourself, is this necessarily a good thing for you to go to your boss or your CFO and go, like, I've been losing us 30% income? This is a good conversation to have with the CFO. With him, you want to be like, look, this TMS can CYA. Yeah, because you can point that if something goes wrong, you point out. Yeah. Something goes right, because, point it yourself. <laughs> because you're,
2: you're almost coming in saying sometimes, "Oh, you're doing everything wrong." Yeah, and that's not you're really not going to get a reception. Or we can eliminate a lot of people. Yes, including yourself.
1: That's the problem too. A lot of people call up and they want to talk features. They want to call and do a cold call and they want to tell you about the features. Nobody cares about the features. People care about themselves. You got to talk about them. Yeah, you really do. That's that is the
2: art form. Whenever you can talk about them and benefits and yeah. and not even not even mention a feature. Yeah. That, that's
1: a true art form. True listening skills. That's how you figure that stuff out too. Not yeah. by telling a bunch of features, but by listening, say, yeah. And and again, that's another thing that takes time is the listening. Cause you're going to set people up with the right questions to mm-hmm. get that discovery, to do that problem solving because you know the industry a little bit, you know that uh, if they are in dredge, they might be suffering from a lack of freight due to something like the the coronavirus. The you coronavirus, might be empathetic yes. with that. Uh, yeah. If they're in uh, if they're in a seasonal type of freight, you might be you might want to reach out to them during the downtime when they actually have the time to speak to you. Mm-hmm. Those are the skills you learn by by doing the process. Yeah, yeah, you just have to have the
2: experience, and there's no way to get the experience except by doing. Positive energy. It's another good one, right? Yeah, you want people yeah, I mean, with a little w- momentum. Yeah, definitely. No one wants to uh, talk to people with negative energy or low energy or, or anything like that. Right. So you
1: always have to be positive. Ingrid Brown, she uh, she cancer survivor. We did a great story uh, on her. She was also in yeah. uh, she was on What the Truck. And okay. now Very good. She's an owner operator. She runs her own business, Reefer Freight. And she said that we just have to do a better job of interacting and listening to one another. She herself isn't always of communicating with others. She herself isn't always she's guilty of not doing that at times. Right. Very I mean, we all good. are, yeah, right? No, we, we are. Joe Lynch. He says uh, another success. And these are things we'll see in the survey too. Research yeah. knowledge of what the company ships and some typical challenges. So I think we just talked about that, right? We did.
2: Knowing what what their problem could be. Yeah. You you can't sell anything until you until you you know what solution that they're, they're looking for. So you need to find out their problems. It's uh,
1: kind of sales one hundred and one. Exude personal traits. So you put put the right output out there of being ambitious, brave, curious, inventive fun, disciplined, people-oriented and persistent and that seems like a, a strange stew but it makes sense because you want that guy who's going to who's going to be fun. He might even take you out to lunch. You know, you're going to have a good time. He's going to make you laugh. There's always it's always funny when you get it. You either have a funny priest or a funny sales guy. And, I know, and right? uh, up up in <laughs> the northeast you get a lot of funny uh Roman Catholic priests. Yeah, yeah, priests. people want
2: to do business with people they like. Yes. I mean, there's you know, it doesn't matter what your product is. You can have the worst product, or the best product, the, the worst service, the best service, uh, the great equalizers. People want to do business with, with people they like.
1: You know what I like, though? I like number three that he puts there. So this is taking it all together, and this is taking that knowledge. And he said, mix it up with other lead gen strategies. For example, you might invite a prospect to check out your latest article on a problem facing their industry, or if it's something that you wrote about or you're familiar with, It's already in your head. It's already in your mind. It'll be easier for you to talk to and to speak to. So research companies that are facing a similar problem. Yeah, definitely.
2: You want to talk about what you know about. And basically, if you have a limited knowledge, you know, basically focus on what you know, focus on what you're learning. If you have a big, uh, broad base of
1: knowledge, then it becomes much easier. But again, it goes back with experience. And this one is from the guest we're going to have come in. It's Jason Ickert, And he says, cognitive empathy. B2B business to business is P2P, person to person. Buyers who want to buy, they don't want to be sold. Those sellers who practice cognitive empathy are able to decipher through conversation what needs are important to the buying influence. They may be the same as the buying organization or they may be far more personal. Successful salespeople help their buying influence, personal uh, purchase decisions with their specific needs. Let's have him break that one down for us and we'll go through the survey. If you could invite him in.
2: T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, right. 9, ignition sequence starts, 6, 5, 4, a three, music. 2, yes. 1, 0, all engine running. Lift off. We have a liftoff.
1: Boom. Like that, that'll get you pumped up to do a cold call, won't it? You betcha. You'd be like, they went to the moon. I think I can pick up the phone and make a couple cold calls. No problem. All right, so. To quote Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. But first, I would like to get to know you. Who is your daddy and what does he do? No, uh, you are Jason Eckert. What, what, what do you do? Yeah, are you Thanks, guys.
0: Us? So my name is Jason Eckert. I'm with Energy Transportation Group. Energy is an asset-backed 3PL. We're uniquely Canadian and um, have been operating in the uh, North American transportation space for about a decade, primarily between the U.S. and Canada.
2: Very good. And you you work on the the, the non-asset side, right? Or do you work on on both? Well, I represent the the entire company. The entire company. It it does represent both our assets and our logistics division. Okay. Very good. Very good. So uh, should we dive into the elevator pitch?
1: Yeah. Let's get into the elevator pitch. Then we'll have you break down what we just read about your strategy of good cold callers. Then we'll break down the survey. How does that sound? All right. Well, that was just it. Yes. I already gave you the elevator pit. That was the elevator pit. I well, told it, you where who I was
0: and where I was from and what we
1: do. That's oh. just your background. Well, you gotta do it one more time. You gotta do yeah, it, yeah, you yeah. gotta do it timed. Okay.
0: My name's Jason Eckert. I'm with Energy Transportation Group. Uh, Energy is an asset backed 3PL. We're uniquely Canadian and we have about a decade experience in the uh, North American transportation space, specifically between the US and Canada.
1: Very good. We're still in the elevator. We've got 15 more seconds. <laughs> well, you know. What do you want to know about me? Well, yeah.
0: the buyers there, oftentimes, that's about how much uh, time they have. Is that 15 so 15 seconds, seconds yeah. That
1: yeah. right? definitely is. Soundbite. Yeah, you, you don't is even this need going to go off. Yeah, it's, it's time. It's exactly 30 <laughs> seconds. Yes, that, that's part of the. Uh, the fun of the game. So right before you came in, we were talking. So Kevin had put that post out asking about the traits, mm-hmm. the best traits of mm-hmm. cold callers. We read yours. It was that cognitive empathy. It's, it's pretty deep and meaty what you, what you wrote on his site. So explain that to us. We broke down what everyone else wrote. You break down this one for, for us.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I, I think the biggest part is that, you know, uh, people want to do business with people that they like. They want to have a relationship. Mm-hmm. B2B is P2P, right? Business yep. to business is person to person. And, you know, it's really important to connect with a a buyer on an emotional level, right? And where you, um, you know, you consciously understand um, their emotional state, their emotional needs, Mm -hmm. and and how those needs are done. Are they by fear or are they by reward? Whatever the case may be.
1: Okay. You know what what Robert Bain says? And and let's see, now you can help us with some of these comments. He said... All things being equal, people do business with friends. All things being unequal, people still do business with friends. So often that's
0: the case, right? So, you know, you make a, a call to somebody and you're talking to them and they're like, well, we just got this the other day. In fact, it was uh, uh, one of the people I work with here in Chattanooga. And he said, yeah, I just called so-and-so. And he said, my cousin owns a trucking company.
2: Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, right? so <laughs> yeah, he, he works with his cousin.
0: <laughs> How do you get past that, right? Uh, yeah. And, you know, that's one of those objections that you, you you have to figure out. You know, his cousin's trucking company may be able to help him locally, but on the long haul, there might be an opportunity. And so those are some of the questions
1: that you ask. One of the biggest lies you'll see in sale, postings for sales jobs is no cold calls. Cold calls are hated that much that they will lie. Sales jobs will lie to you and say there's no cold calls because in life, whether you're in sales or not, there's always going to be cold calls. And if you want to increase leads, you should be making some calls, right? It's really
0: important. I mean, our buyers now are... Um, they're practicing call aversion, right? Mm-hmm. So they're just not picking up the phone. And, you know, what, what I'm finding is, is a couple of things. One is, how do you turn a cold call into a warm call? Mm-hmm. How do you make them pick up the phone? Um, you know, how do you give them, and we talked about this, I think, on some of your, your previous podcasts, is how do you put some content out there that makes them in, interested in uh, receiving a call from you so they hear your company name and they go, oh, I know you, I want to yeah. talk to you. There's something that, you, you know, you do that uniquely we should have a conversation about.
1: I'll tell you too, a big difference between using, um, between working for FedEx trade networks versus going to a smaller forwarder that people hadn't heard from and getting appointments was, was huge. And it's one of those things you don't think of when you switch jobs and you switch business cards, then it's like, wow, brand familiarity is it's it's huge, is massive. It's, mm. It is. It really
2: is massive. Uh, you know, basically working for smaller brokerages, uh, you know, you make a call and who's that? What? What? I've never heard of you. Who are you? And, and that interrupts the first five five seconds because you're you're just bounding off of that, you know, just bouncing off of that, trying to to, to answer those questions. And you basically you lose control of the conversations many times. You're 100 percent. It's hard to, to recover from that.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. So. Like you, I worked for a big brand at one point in time. It was DHL, and, and it was right when there was a merger, and DHL became very famous in the United States. There was commercials and everything. Mm-hmm. It was very easy for me to get an appointment because people were interested in what we were, were doing then. It's a little bit different now that, um, you know, I'm with a $150 million company, and so it's not as recognizable. But we've done a really good job on getting our brand out there and getting in front of the right people. But I think your social media presence is is um, very important. Not only your corporate yeah but your personal branding and how you yep. are going out into the market that way. And uh, and by using LinkedIn as, as a, or some of the other social media as a way to attract people to come on to and look at you. I mean, what's the first thing that you do when you receive an email from somebody you don't know?
2: I, I basically, I, I read the first sentence. And if there's a wall of yeah. words, I just immediately delete it. You know, if there's any yeah. any grammatical, let's say if it's like overseas, I delete it. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't make it I, through more than...
1: I don't even undot it anymore. I used to. I used to be obsessed with keeping the you know that little bell icon on my iPhone clean, and then I just ended up getting way too many emails because my my emails out there people people know what I oh, talk about. Yeah, shows yeah. about it, so yeah. now it just keeps going up into the thousands. So I because oh, you yeah. can read the little snippet, and if that yeah. snippet and that's kind of what you have, you have less than a tweet's worth of words to capture someone's well, attention if they don't know who you are, or else I'm not even going to unblue dot you. And we were
2: on. both on on media at freightwaves.com, so. Oh, yeah. We get a lot of emails. Yeah.
1: We get a lot of press
2: releases, and it's, yeah. it's hard to uh, to wade through. It. Sometimes
0: it's you know for for us, it's a subject line, right? So how do we make that um, subject line uh, attractive to somebody to open? Mm-hmm. Maybe use their name and in the yeah. subject line something like that, and, and another piece, and it's got to be just a few words so they open it. Once they open it, if there's something that's interesting, there is there, you know,
2: it's it's got to catch their so, eye exactly. Right? but then,
0: they're going to look at you if there's something interesting they look at you then they're going to troll you right you're yes. going to go oh who is this guy i'm going to go to linkedin or who's this gal i'm going to go to facebook or whatever they're going to troll you a little bit so if your personal brand is there that's going to help when you do finally make that call and they actually answer that call. They recognize who it's coming
1: from. Yeah, nobody sees your headquarters anymore. They see your website. They see your social media mm-hmm. presence. They might see your reps, especially if they're, they're highly visible. They're getting their name out you. They're being good brand emissaries. But there's, it's very unlikely they're going to actually see your headquarters or really know exactly how many people work for you or how much money you make. But if they have that brand familiarity, you can build a lot from a little.
0: That's right. And I think the important part, too, is do something that makes you unique, Right, yes. so that that's what's going to break through the noise. There's so much noise out there, especially in freight brokerage and logistics right now, that you have to be able to break through the noise. And I think that unique and knowing what that unique is and creating that as part of your value proposition and your personal brand is definitely something that'll that'll uh, help you succeed.
1: So, oh, oh I was well, Matt Matt Beach. He said that a great way of getting them to pick up their phone don't have your outbound phone number showing up as an 800 on their end. But I, you know what? At the same time, the thing that a lot of like companies do now is they try to spoof the first four digits of your, your area code. And then they also, you can always tell when it's a call spoof or doing it, because then they'll, they'll do the first three of your area code, then the first three of your actual number. And yes. they will be like, uh, no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, no, robocalls have, have really
2: hurt cold calls, I, I think. Um, you know, but, but if you're doing business to business, you're calling, I, I usually just call on the office line, because that's, that's what I have and 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 there's a, there's a better chance, I guess to to for to you know, pick up what, what are you seeing these days?
0: I've known as as, as was said, I mean I, I've known people to talk about you know using the call spoof or get the area code. I've been on the other side of that too, where somebody's called from from my area code, and I'm answering it because I think there's something wrong with my family, my oh, house, yeah. my children, my dog, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. And as I'm speaking with them, I say, "Who is this and what company are you from?" And I immediately recognize that they're not from the area yeah. and then i begin to question authenticity and mm-hmm. transparency and White i'm like what, what i
1: do business with this yeah person? yeah so we we talked about leads and filling the funnel and how a new rep they're usually not going to give them that Glen Gary leads because you don't want them to have <laughs> it up right so when you bring in a new rep i mean is it fair to say that you were going to put them through some training how do you go about it
0: well so if you take a look at our industry as a whole
2: what is that? I oh. don't. <laughs>
0: is that your phone? I'm sorry about that, I'm like, what are we hearing yeah, right I know. now? I know.
2: Of all these electronic devices, I know and you, which one is going on. Like, I should have be? picked. It's, it's one of my customers,
0: and I hate not picking it up. But yeah, it's I also I like, I but, I hate the love of the game. It's Also, my high school friend and the best uh, man at my like, wedding. You know, so. yeah. <laughs> like Robert Bain said, business is <laughs> done with friends. Done That's with right. friends. Yeah. That's Deathly. right. So, um, but um, you know, uh, to your point. So, our industry is is not known for learning and development when somebody comes on board. You guys have talked about that before. I mean, here's your computer, here's your phone, you know, start making some calls and I'll see you. Good luck. Um, you know what? It's, it's really important to onboard some, somebody properly and they're going to be more successful if, if they are. In fact, we're hiring a new salesperson today in the organization at two o'clock today. I have an onboarding call with them. I'm going to bring them through our playbook, our methodology and get them started. And then it's a, it's a, a regular occurrence. They've got some experience in the industry, so it's a little bit easier. Um, if they don't, and I've been part of that, too, where you're bringing in uh, the never-evers, so mm-hmm. to speak, like the, the green salespeople, and you're trying to teach them the business. And and we actually, at a place that I was at before, came up with a program. It was 14 weeks long, and we would take them from never-ever selling, never-ever logistics, all the way through and get them productive and actually selling and on the phone with the customers, but it was a it was a fourteen week process before we actually let them loose. They had mm-hmm. some little tidbits and pieces um, in the in in the meantime, and at, at fourteen weeks they were uh, banging the phones.
2: Fourteen weeks—that's that's, a, that's a, m- much longer than my three days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the things you talked about. So you you've. you've- You've got the you've got the leads, right? You've you've mm-hmm. drummed up some leads, whatever you've used, Pangeva, whatever it is, whatever you're selling, you figured out who you want to see. maybe you read an article like that guy said, and you're targeting mm-hmm. certain businesses, you're trying to fill up the funnel. Um, you mentioned using a CRM as just a way to keep to keep on track of your cold calls. Any, any advice there?
0: Well, I think it's really important, right? And I, I think from one of the surveys that you did, a lot of people are still using, uh, maybe it's their TMS or maybe it's uh, 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 their notebook, right? Their little black book mm-hmm. okay. or it's so, an Excel spreadsheet. A lot spreadsheet, of it's their memory. Right? So, um, you know, one of the things that I found is I was taking a look at CRMs for companies and, and I still use it um, today for, for me personally is uh, something called HubSpot. And it's free. Mm-hmm. And you can yeah. sign up for free. You can use it for free, and that's that's where you can put your leads. That's where you can have your lists, and that's where you can be productive. And it includes how to build a funnel, and you can. I've actually
2: shared some of that funnels with 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 people and said, mm-hmm. "Hey, look what
0: this does," and and it doesn't cost anything.
2: Mm. Oh, that's good. That's good. So one of your bullet points is prospecting at scale, mm. right? And and quick tips for researching leads in in under five minutes. Yeah. So the key is don't spend a lot of time researching
0: and and going into some rabbit hole and then making a dial and getting a voicemail. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. that's totally wasted time because the next time that that number comes up on your list, that company name comes up on your list, you're going to have to do it all over again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, take a real quick look at um, the website, so you know about the company, take a look at their about section, their products, you jump on to maybe a LinkedIn, you find the right person who is, is there, you take a look at them personally, it helps if you've got some tools like a Zoom info or a LinkedIn navigator to, to speed that up, but it's less than five minutes, you figure out what their assumed needs might be, come up with just a real short value proposition for and then dial the phone.
1: Let's go to it. Let's go to the survey. Let's break this down, especially since you're onboarding a a new rep. I don't know how much experience they have, but pretty soon they're going to have to do some cold calls. Right. Mm -hmm. So we put this survey out. And if we can go to the slide here, the first one we ask here is what anxieties or fears does someone have before a cold call? And the number one there was just that awkwardness, that awkwardness of the first call closely followed by the general nervous and then being blocked by the gatekeeper. And those kind of all tied in, don't they? It's awkward because you might get blocked in that gatekeeper. You're not going to get past it, it is. One of the things, I,
2: I was never worried about the gatekeeper That's yeah. for, for whatever reason because if you can't get around, you just hang up and dial somebody else. So it, that was like one of my, my least fears, but, but the rest were, were big
0: You know, big the gatekeeper,
2: fears. they're a person too. Yeah. And
0: I mean, unless they're just hot and heavy into answering the phones and transferring people, oftentimes you can have a real quick conversation with them and you would not believe the type of information that you can oh, actually yeah. get from them if mm-hmm. they're feeling a little bit lonely or if it's maybe the person who's covering during lunch, yes, right? Yes. And they're not the one that had just been getting pounded by phones all, 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 all day long. But I, I think the biggest thing when I was taking a look at the survey too, um, and it had to do with the nervousness, and it has to do with confidence,
2: Yes. Mm, right. So the right mindset. You have to have right? the right it, it mindset. Goes back to that.
0: And you know, for me, it's I begin with the end in mind. So, I mean, I think that was Stephen Covey's uh, number one of the the seven habits was begin with the end in mind. So, what do I want to achieve from this call, and then go at it. Be confident though in what makes you as a company unique. So, so what what is the the end goal for most of your cold calls? That's a really good question, and and I think that it it oftentimes is. If I've never ever talked to them before, I'm not sure who the person is, then my goal is I just want to find out who the decision maker might be. And my stretch goal is if I'm transferred to them and they answer the phone, I'm going to confirm that, indeed, that's them. I'm going to listen to see if there's some other buying influences that are involved. I'm going to have a conversation with them, and during that conversation... I'm gonna ask them a few questions about their business.
1: I think a lot of people struggle. They struggle just with that first that that just that opening line. what is so what's a good opening line when you're just you're just calling cold, uh, but you should never call fully cold, right? You should at least do a quick understand who you're calling the Google. You may oh, not but that's still cold. yeah. I mean, but right. just understand like what they actually do. but what, yeah. well, how do you open a call like that?
0: well, it's a that's a really good question too. so I mean, you're you're taking a look at. Um, the internet, you're seeing that maybe they've got some distributions in certain uh, uh, places around the United States or North America, and you enter into a conversation and say, "Hey, you know, help me understand. Would you mind just giving me a, a little bit of uh, 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 some ex- explanation of why 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 five DCs instead of twenty five, right? Or something like that?" And and and. Maybe it's a, a relative to why sales offices versus manufacturing or, you know, how come you have these manufacturing places and, and
2: your DCs are, are there and they're going to educate you? Yeah. So, so something a little bit indirect from freight, right? You don't directly ask how many loads do you move? Yeah. You know, it's something yeah. business-wise, something indirect that leads you into a conversation to freight. Is that… Is that-
0: Nobody likes to answer 20 questions.
1: Yeah. No, they don't interrogated. Right. right? Oh, no. Yeah. Interrogation. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he was yeah. asking that right. kid in kindergarten <laughs> cop, he, he's a cop. So he's used to doing it. And he's like, but first I have to get to know you. That's, I just, I love that quote. Cassandra Gaines says uh, she loves it. Begin with the with the end of mine. Cassandra, thank you so much for tuning in. She actually put a very nice post up about the show. Did, yes. We'll get to her in the shout outs. But so I like what you said there. So th- th- I want a T-shirt that says I'm a person, not a KPI. You know, so the the gatekeeper, (laughs) sometimes people, salespeople kind of forget this and it almost becomes this sociopathic thing where uh, there's not not flesh and blood on the other end of the line. It's just them trying to get through the routine. And I know you said block time and you've got to get your reps in, but like you also kind of have to want to do it and understand the process and go through the process. You can't be like begrudgingly do your cold calls that for that one hour a week.
0: I think as a, as a leader, you take a look at that, too, and you say, okay, do I want this person to make 60 calls just from a quantity standpoint, mm-hmm. irrespective of what the quantity is, or do I want them to be able to engage and have four to five meaningful conversations that actually move a cell forward? I may not get a yes, but when I'm, when I'm setting my goals, it may just be to get to the next stop. It's a mm-hmm. continuance. It's a forward.
1: Yeah, but raise your hand if you're listening and you are in an organization that is that's it's a numbers game. You gotta you gotta do a hundred calls. It doesn't matter how valuable, because you know what that does though. That breeds a culture. You mentioned CRMs. That breeds a culture of Salesforce gaming, and that breeds oh, yeah. people just putting nonsense information in their fake calls. I mean, so many guys they just wait until like Friday afternoon or like ten o'clock on Friday while watching some baseball, you know, and they're they're just putting in all these fake calls because they gotta they gotta try to game the system where. Because ultimately, a lot of sales guys know this, too, that at the end of the month, you're going to run how much revenue they did. Mm-hmm. And if they did get in revenue, you're not going to care how many calls they made.
0: We had that conversation um, within our company, and, and we, we said we don't want you know Salesforce gurus. I mean, that's not what we want, people that know how to game the system. We want people to be engaged with the customers, with the prospects, and be able to move something forward. Because you're right, at the end of the day, it's about... What's the revenue that's on the board? What are the loads on the board? What sort of gross profit did we were we able to make this month?
2: Yeah, and, and if you don't enjoy the process, no matter what you do, whether it's cold calling or or writing or filming podcasts, you're not gonna you're not gonna succeed at it. You know, it, you can make a, a thousand calls or three calls; it doesn't really matter. You're not really going to be productive if you don't oh. <laughs> at least enjoy the process or or value. I, I should say value because no one really enjoys it but value the process and and the successes that you can have with it.
1: I wish I had my breaking Sorry. news bumper because uh <laughs> because Sam Sam Hunter is back from his sales call. And he writes, "I am back. He got great information and an appointment to follow up next week." Hey, there, congratulations. Yeah. Woo. 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 Give me a little lift-off music for that yes. one. Nice work. You're man. killing it out there, Sam. That's nice. awesome stuff and thank you for keeping us updated. And now here's a great question. So Christine Fleming Let's tackle this one for her before we get back to the survey. She said, what is the best time and days of the week to make cold calls? From her experience, it's the middle of the week and later in the day, she's found to be pretty successful. What would you suggest?
0: Oh, that's a great question. You know, mm-hmm. we talk about that all the time. You know, from a marketing standpoint, you know, when's the best time to send emails? Emails, uh, yeah. You know, um, in, in order to I won't send emails on Mondays.
2: I, I just refuse to do it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And and of of
0: course the data shows, right? The best times that that people open up their emails. And I I think it's similar with, with respect to, um, to call, but if I I would never ever reserve my cold calling for a certain time, it's like when I'm ready, I'm picking up the phone.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You got some good lines. You got, you got some good pickup lines in your head. You're like, you know what? Sometimes things just click in your head. Right. And you got the lyrics and you can, you can just freestyle. And you know that like, I think I'm going to, if you have that confidence and you don't, don't deny it. Like take yeah, the times yeah. when you're feeling kind of depressed and it all happens. We're all human. If when you're feeling depressed and really low and then do some of your maintenance, maybe that's when you go into your, your CRM and you make sure everything's in order or you just read, you just, you know, you, you isolate a little bit and you just do the prospecting research and that kind of thing. That's fine. You can feel that way. You don't have to force yourself to cold call if You're not in the right mood, but God damn it. If you have lightning in a bottle, and you can do it at that time, and it's Thursday. At, I don't care if it's 7 o'clock, man. Yeah, Just start just start hammering people.
0: Well, I think 7 o'clock in the morning is good. I think sometimes 7 o'clock at night is good, mm-hmm. right? Because that's when you might be able to get a decision maker on somebody who's staying a little bit later. They're the ones that are actually invested in the business.
2: Yeah, definitely. Executive especially. Yes. Right? I have found, you know, after 5... Or before 8 o'clock, if, you, if you're selling to C-level people, those are the golden hours. Mm-hmm. Because no one's shown up into the office. And on the backside of that, everyone's gone and they can actually sit down and focus. You're going to interrupt them. But you know what? That's part of life. And, That's part of business It's to be interrupted constantly by right. people wanting to do
1: deals. James Woolsey says that if you, if you love what you're selling, it makes it a lot easier, to You believe in your product. And I, I would agree with that as well. You don't feel yeah. like you're just... You're lying because a lot of people have to sell. They don't understand what they're selling, especially in our field. They Like the business is abstract. They've never dealt with supply chain. And they're like, I don't even know what I'm like. They're like a cat playing piano. They're like, I don't know why I am selling this. And that's always a challenge, yeah. right? Yeah. I, it's a huge challenge.
0: Yeah. I mean, if, if you're not clear on what you're doing, then you're doing it wrong. From yeah. The beginning. If
2: you haven't sold yourself. Yeah. Then you're never going to sell anybody else. You can hear it in somebody's voice. You can, and it's that lack of confidence, That's right? right?
1: Yes. Question two What is most challenging for you during a cold call? So, this is a little bit similar to the first one, but this one is what's challenging when it actually happened, not your fear of actually doing it, the anxieties you get before doing it. This is when it happens. We mentioned it kind of the five second intro is the hardest for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, you threw a, a suggestion out there. Just try to. Uh, Try to figure out a problem, or just say you're you're from X place, and you were wondering who handles. Right. So I mean, start
0: easy. Right? you don't have to come in with you know some sort of major complex mm-hmm. solution right off the bat. I mean, start with something easy in order to ease into a conversation, just to make sure that first of all that you're talking to the right person, and then
2: go from there. That's the reason why I like the hook. Yeah. You always have to have hook. You know, whether it's DCs or something they've posted or something their company's posted. I, and breaking news, you know, maybe they acquired somebody. Yeah, it just start with that hook. Reason. You always have to have a reason for the for the breaker. call, but a lot of times you don't even think about that until you're on the phone it's the and and, line. and 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 someone, yeah, the pickup line, yeah. Uh, but but someone picks up the phone, and you're like, oh crap, what am, what am I supposed to say? Yeah. You should kind you of do know that, that over and bit. over yeah. and over again. <laughs>
1: have a general idea of what you want to talk about. If, you know, if it's that market condition, whatever, whatever yeah. a problem that they may have, just sort of anticipate what that may be. But also sometimes the conversation is just as simple as can I talk to the person who is in charge of your freight? Now, the other problem that happens there, though, in freight is that a lot of people don't have no. the secretary has no idea. The person answering the phone has yeah, no, no right? idea who they're like, what? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like the guy in the mailroom, they'll send you the guy who puts the labels on the packages. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you might get that and and you know when we take a look at um you know that that hook you know, one of the things that I always use it, it, t- everybody take a look at their own company surely you've got some business in your own company that is like a business that you're calling and you can mm-hmm. use that business as a reference and say hey we've got some experience doing cross border freight for XYZ company. Yep. You know, I know that you've got some sales in Canada too because I've been in the stores and I've seen it and can you just walk me through how it gets there?
2: Yeah. Uh, so something as simple as that.
1: Slide three. How do you get pumped before making a cold call? This is for our third question. And Cassandra Gaines, she already knows the top answer. She says, research people. Know as much about the person as you can before the call. Almost to the point, you know the answers to the questions you're asking. Know them better than you know your your spouse, Right. Maybe. I don't know. That well, might take a lot of research. It, it takes <laughs> a lot of research. I mean,
2: if you can do it in, and in under five minutes, uh, is it's great. But sometimes you just can't do it.
1: And a lot of intuition.
0: Well, you know, I've been married for over 20 years, and I'm very, very proud of that. But, you know, there's there's times where my wife just looks at me like, you really don't know me, do you? Yeah, yeah so exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure in less than five minutes I'm going to be able to know somebody somebody like I know my spouse.
1: You know what's funny? The research doesn't, like, it doesn't sound like something that would get you pumped. But I think that if you understand that, that knowledge is power, though. It and, is, yeah. Like, you don't want to. Much knowledge because then you might assume something and you might offend the person because you, you might, you like, you're like, you think you know my business better than I. You got to be careful not to be a know-it-all because you might have, aff- you, you know, you know what I'm saying? True,
2: though? true. I, I, it probably lo- works for lawyers though, but for uh, sales <laughs> salespeople, maybe not so much.
1: Sandra, uh, gee, well, there's
0: always that thing about assume, right? You know what happens when uh, we I, assume.
2: I, I do, yes.
1: The people here, so the bottom one was play video games. Nobody plays video games beforehand. Uh, I can't see that getting you pumped. That's more of a procrastination, you know. Oh, I continue my yeah, Madden yeah. franchise. Or I, I some, know, right. Some Call of Duty. Others, un, under other, we had a lot of different ones. The, the ones of you who said take a shot of alcohol. Be careful out there. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to end up in, uh, in in rehab or a program. I mean, sales is, and this, is, this isn't this is even a joke. Like, sale, yeah. th- There's a lot of addiction issues that can happen in sales because it's a business where you have a lot of free time, you make your own thing, and you're not really held accountable until the end of the month or the end of the quarter. And some sales guys can go off the rails. Uh, I'll raise my hand. I've been one of them before. So just be careful of that stuff. You know, do the research instead of uh, taking a shot. I, I know, right? Do we have another slide? Yeah, let's go to okay. uh, how often? Because uh, the second one here was to, the second biggest one was blocking out dedicated time for cold calls. So you do the research. You blocked yeah. out the time, and now we asked, how often do you block out time? One to three hours to do nothing but cold call and/or prospect.
2: Less than forty percent do it every day. Yeah.
1: And, and that's is, probably the reason why it did, looks big, right? The, the bar it, looks big. It, it
2: does, but it, it's really nice. Less than 40%. And that's the reason why I contend that's the reason why the top 20% of salespeople generate 80% of the sales.
0: Mm. Well, you know, that's true. So it's very easy to procrastinate, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very easy, especially in this business. So oftentimes it has to do with the, the compensation plans, right? For salespeople and brokerage, is build your portfolio, build a book of business, yeah. and then camp
2: out. Right, yeah, because yeah, exactly. as long as yeah. you
0: keep it coming in the door, the money never the, the money never ends. It's
2: recurring revenue, really. Right? Until that that big customer takes a dive and you're you're sitting there with your pants down basically. And I've seen that happen on broker's floors too where you're going from a huge commission check to nothing. Hero yeah. to zero. Hero to zero and then you Ugh. have to build that book back up. Yeah, a hundred percent. So and, hard in
1: transactional yeah. freight business too, because it can happen, especially if an account gets pulled, and that can happen because not everyone thinks of themselves as a salesperson, but a customer mm-hmm. service rep can screw mm-hmm. up, the wrong truck can go to the dock. People oh, yeah. and people are very, very petty in freight. People will be like, one oh, UPS that's... guy one uh, like old Dominion guy will screw oh, up yeah. and they'll be like, You aren't I'm yeah. never working with them again And you're like I think it could have just it's just oh, one you, person on a bad day, you know, or or Maybe you have three
2: straight loads or, or three loads yeah. in a month that, that get screwed up for, for whatever reason. Yeah. And you get blamed. That account gets pulled and if it's one of your big accounts, you have to actually go out and get another well. Or you have to get a bunch of tinier accounts <laughs> mm-hmm. to, to to replace that and it's difficult.
1: Well here's the thing too, you're talking about a business with hundred percent turnover trucking too. So if you're mad at one truck driver, like chances are I know, if you right? to another company, he might be working for them <laughs> in a month or two anyway. You're not gonna get rid of the guy that way. I know. Uh so the second one, so would you be concerned, you kind of mentioned that you should make cold calls whenever you have the time, but if a rep said to you, I don't block out time, I just call whenever I have time, would you be a little skeptical of that?
0: Well, so that's, one of, that's yeah. one of the things that we've we've talked about here just recently. Because, in, in, you know, it's when, when the numbers are rolling in and, um, you know, somebody's yeah. selling a lot of freight and, you know, it's like, okay, but, you know, the... the, the you know, the the rising tide hides a lot of logs and mm-hmm. so this is a the perfect time in our industry where companies are taking a look and going, Okay, our margins are a little bit tighter, the volumes are a little bit down, you know, what what's going on? And I think it's really important, one, to always be uh, uh, working with new customers and, and getting out there in the elevator <laughs> speech and the and, and everything else because you don't want to get rusty. Mm -hmm. right exactly but the second is you got to be continuing to grow your business and i think the block out time is is key it's something that we're doing uh internally we in in our office in chattanooga we started this week where we said you know get up grab your laptop go to a room and make some calls make sure that you know what you're going to do while you're there so that you can use the most uh, time effectively
2: yeah i always love blocking out time just because i could get whether it's 50 dials or 60 dials i can do it an hour in the morning an hour in the afternoon and i don't have to worry about cold calling all day I can just
1: get it over with. Zach Coldiron, he writes, uh, I always watch a pro wrestling match before I start my power hour. It gets me pumped up. Pro wrestling is a sales in and of itself. You're selling the character, the pain, yourself to the audience. It works and gives me the confidence boost I need. As someone who learned everything that they needed to know from the (laughs) macho man, Randy Savage, Ric Flair, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the rock and the ultimate warrior. Maybe the Hulk, maybe Hulk Hogan too. Um, I, Hulk, would, Jim I, Dugan. I would agree because you know, in Superfly, a lot of Superfly, times you are yes. got to cut a promo, right? In wrestling, they got to cut promos. They got to get a character across, and they have to have the audience either love them or hate them.
2: That's a really good analogy because they become a different person. They become their stage persona. Like yeah. you were talking about earlier, you you have your phone persona, yeah. and it kind of disconnects you. But you have to get the crowd pumped up. You have to get everyone pumped up. You got to get Woo! yourself pumped up. And I know yeah, yeah, right yeah, now, the belt, wear the belt, you know, you're going to let in, me in the yeah. building today or you're going to have hell to pay brother.
1: All right. Uh, what percentage of sales come, uh, originating from a cold call? What percentage? Uh, look, uh, 25% so, so, less than 25% well, greater than 25%. The, the mean and the median
2: is yeah. uh, about half, about 45%. Okay. So the chart is confusing. We worked on this yeah. this morning okay. and <laughs> it never got less confusing than, than it is. So, yeah. so just look at the mean and median there um, because that was around 45%.
0: I was surprised by that actually when I was looking at it where there was, it was such a high number, but under, under, under 25%. I know. So my, my question is if you're not getting the business with a cold call,
2: how are you doing? How are you getting it? Yeah, emails? I know. How are you doing it? All I don't right. know. Most of my, all my sales almost, uh, either cold call or cold email. That, that started the conversation. You were talking about that too. Yep. Uh, in, in your notes, that that's a good method for warming a lead. Can you explain?
0: That's right. So one of the things that we do is we want to get some um, commercial value out there, right? And it's and we want to do it without even having an ask. So there may not be a, a, a call to action in the first couple of messages. So it might be something about the market, something about their industry.
2: Is that something that's controlled corporately? Is a corporate email that goes out to, to leads or is it individual sales reps?
0: You know, that's a really good question. It's both, right? right. So we have um, some marketing campaigns that are happening, but we also um, try to um, create um, content for the individual sales reps to personalize themselves and be able to, to send out. And some of them are just really good at it and they do it themselves. And that then, you know, hopefully then when, by the third time you're picking up the phone or if there's a call to action in the second one Mm -hmm. to set up a meeting or, or what have you, or return my email, then that starts off the conversation.
2: And I used to, you, you mentioned it a little bit before. I used to put the name, their name, in the title yes. because I had the software where I could do that. Ooh. And I, I would take their their company name and and if it's abbreviation or, or something like that, I would manually go in and change all the company names to to you know like a, a, a basically a familiar, like you're familiar with right. with them and and insert those in blocks maybe in the title and that grabs your attention like oh i must know this person
1: gentlemen our sales call is nearing an end but before we leave we got to give a a few shout outs here uh like we do every time so if you've left comments we've we've read many that are here but these are from last week and if we didn't get to yours that you wrote we'll shout out to you next week but thomas connor baytag he writes podcast timothy i really enjoyed the live podcast this afternoon it was very informative and my for my coworkers and I, will be tuning in every week. I'd like to be in the drawing for the book. You were in that, but uh, well, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately for you, unfortunately for Patty, she won. But uh, they should uh, re-enter this yeah. week. at Tweet at Timothy Dooner or on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. You're already on LinkedIn. Just leave a message for Kevin or yeah. myself, either one. Uh, Brian Gibala. he says, I filled out the survey last night. Enjoyed the show today. First-time listener. He'll be back for more great stuff. I hope you tuned in today. Tyler Young, he says, I enjoyed the podcast. The value in this pod is strong. Let's fill that pipeline. Can we connect? Of course we can. Any of, of you out there, connect with Please. Kevin. Myself, right? You're open to connections on LinkedIn. I accept all connections. Of course, we're of course. Very good. I, I do too. I know people are worried. Like, you can like LinkedIn is the easiest place in the world to connect with people. It's right. not Facebook. Anybody, like, hit connect, very few people will deny you. Oh, definitely. I want as many connections as possible. Cole Willett, he said, just watched the show, loved it a lot, a lot to learn. He wanted to be in the drawing. You were in that? He said, uh... You're the man. You we made an impact on port state logistics. So awesome stuff. Patrick O'Laughlin. He said he'd love to be included for the drawing for for the book. You were, um, unfortunately, again. Fortunately for Patty, she won. Brian Asher, Vice President, Cat Global. He wrote great episode and would be a uh, would be a great one for a new sales rep entering into our crazy world of logistics too. Before hitting the phones, always be closing. I hope this one helps too and gets their confidence up yes. to go hit those doors like Scott did. He got out of his car and he what he just knocked on someone's door right. Uh, that's great, Patty. She wrote, "I I want that book." So she—that's how she got in there and won <laughs> yeah. it. That's that easy. It it's is that easy. I want that book. What's the book? It the is, new one. Uh,
2: this one is how to make get your point across in 30 seconds or less. It'll change forever how you write emails and how you pitch over the phone.
1: Andrew Morano, President uh, Vice President of Regiment Logistics. Love your show. Cannot wait for next week. Appreciate the shout out. Would love to connect. Just Teach. Uh, I believe his name is Preston. He said, uh, "Can you enter me in the drawing?" Destiny Jimenez said she is uh, she's expediting shipping solutions for 3PL. She said, Listen to the podcast, put that coffee down. Great info. They watch Freightwaves in the office. You can too. Download the Freightwaves TV app or go to Freightwaves social channels or freightwaves.com where this is playing now too. You want Got the it. audio version? Uh, subscribe to Put That Coffee Down on your favorite podcast player of choice, or subscribe to Freightcasting at every single Freightways podcast, including your great quarter guys, including my What the Truck, including Freightways Insiders, which will be tomorrow with Andrew Leto, uh, including Freightonomics, which will be on next. So, guys, hang out after this, too. Don't turn your feet off Freightonomics. Keep selling, Dooner. Keep we selling. Are going a little <laughs> uh, uh, Chris Connolly wrote, Avid Freightways Guy here. Love what you guys are doing. Ken Slaber said he watched the first episode, he shared it with this team. Buck Bryant said, uh, I really enjoyed your podcast, Filling Your Freight Sales Funnel. I'd like to put my name in for the drawing. You were in there. Um, Jay Heinskill from XBO, yeah. he said he listened to the podcast. Great practical advice and content for us logistics sales professionals. I'm subscribing and sending to my sales team to do the same. Thanks for developing valuable content. Thank you for sharing with your team. And all of yeah. you who share with somebody, we really, really appreciate it. Sharing is sales, and sales is sharing. Cassandra said, this is gold. She she put a big thing. Thank you, yeah. Cassandra. We love you so much, and thank you for spreading uh spreading the word. Mike Wilkes said, good information, Kevin. Um, Charlie Dehoney also said, loving the show. Dude, such good content. Well, we love you too, Charlie. Yes. Maybe we got to go see uh, Sonic the Chalk together. We'll bring Ryan with us. Definitely. <laughs> All right. How do people reach out to you? Thank you for joining us today.
0: Yeah, just uh, hit me up on, on LinkedIn. Uh, Jason Eckert, I-C-K-E-R-T. Um, there's a couple of us. One's down in Texas. That's not me.
1: Okay. Yeah, Very not good. the Texas one. Are you listening to Chattanooga? Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you, everyone who left a comment, who tunes into a live episode. And to those of you who are watching the video or listening to the podcast episode, know this. Wednesdays, 1 p.m. Eastern time, we are live. And you can interact with us as we as we do the show. Be a part of it. Put that coffee down. That's how sales work, man. It is. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Now hang out. Freightonomics will be up next.